Good evening. Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an employment law and business law attorney, and I host this live weekly talk radio show and this live video broadcast every Tuesday night from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Talk Radio NYC. And each week I have interesting and engaging guests who discuss some of the most novel and complex and timely topics that impact business owners and employers uh, in small and medium-sized businesses in various industries. And so in the line with that spirit, I'm happy tonight, very pleased to have back to the show, uh, an encore guest who was on in March of 2021, um, Brian Califano. Brian, welcome back to the show. Thanks uh, to being here, March 2021. Wow, nothing, it seems like time has flown by, right? Totally, yeah. It's like, I know, I can't believe that was over a year ago and how much has changed and some things have stayed the same, but I think a lot's changed in terms of COVID and what we're doing. But yeah, no, it's definitely good to have you back. I know you had some really interesting topics uh, last time. And um, so I know we have an interesting topic that's very timely and important people are talking about much these days. So, so good to have you. I'm gonna give you a more proper introduction in just a moment so our audience can hear uh, more about you, Brian. But uh, first I'll just note a little bit about our topic tonight. And so folks, our topic this evening is combating inflation as an employer or business. And this is really an interesting show, I think, for businesses and employers in that the question is, how are inflation and high interest rates impacting your business? And what new strategies and solutions might help to counter inflation's negative impact on running your, running your company and compensating your employees? So if you tune in this evening to Employment Law Today, which you're doing right now, um, you can hear my guest, Brian Califano, MBA, CPA, and CFO, co-founder of the fractional CFO firm, Accelerating CFO, and we're going to discuss some tips for businesses to survive and even thrive through the inflation and any other economic challenges that might lie ahead. So with that, I just want to give you, Brian, again, a proper introduction, if I may. All right. And as I mentioned, folks, my guest tonight is still Brian Califano. Brian is the fractional CFO and co-founder and managing partner of Accelerating CFO. Accelerating CFO provides fractional CFO services for businesses with revenue between $1 million and $40 million in all industries with a focus in entertainment, media, and technology. They empower companies to maximize their value and expand their cash flow by increasing the transparency of their financial statements and performance and offer financial guidance and expertise to entrepreneurs and small business owners who want to focus more time on adding value to their customers. And some background here, after more than 20 years in senior financial positions at McGraw-Hill Financial, Viacom, and the National Hockey League, as well as Computer Associates and Kaplan, and after successfully leading a $260 million impressive IPO for a live music entertainment company, Brian co-founded Accelerating CFO LLC in 2013. Since founding Accelerating CFO, he has participated in several hundred million dollars of capital raises, recapitalizations, and acquisitions and disposition activity. Brian is a certified public accountant in New York State, and he earned his MBA in finance from the Stern School of Business at NYU. Brian enjoys spending time with his wife and high school sweetheart, very nice, uh, and two adult daughters, as well as uh, playing cards, uh, reading Stephen King no novels, and hoping that the Mets win the World Series. An optimist and a, a true Royal fan there. Excellent. <clears throat> so again, Brian, really glad you can join us this evening. I'm glad. Thanks for having me again, Eric. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Sure thing, sure thing. Yeah, so I guess um, kind of get turning to our first question. Um, I'd just like you, if you may, Brian, to tell us a bit more about yourself, mainly like when did you realize your interest in accounting and, and CFO services and what inspired you to found Accelerating CFO? Yes. So when I was working, you mentioned earlier in my introduction that I, I helped lead a uh, $260 million IPO offering. As part of that offering, uh, my primary, I had lots of roles actually, but one of my roles was to work with smaller companies um, that ranged between a million and about 20 million in revenue. And the, the, the business model was to acquire those companies, consolidate it, and then spin it off into a public entity. So my role was to actually speak with all of these small business owners and understand what drove the business and disclose it 
you know, through the S1 process that I was going through at the time. And as I was going through it, it was the first time in my career that I was really working with the owners of a small business. Previously in my career, I worked for large companies, places like McGraw-Hill and Computer Associates and the National Hockey League. So I was kind of like in the ivory tower, kind of dictating stuff, but not really, you know, in the grassroots. And for the first time in my career, I really felt that I was where the, you know, the tire hits the road, if you will. And I thought, wow, this is a really interesting dynamic. And as I was going through that process, I realized that those business owners didn't really have anybody like me or with my experience helping them through the process because they were selling their company, which is a significant event in their, in any entrepreneur's career. Sure. But they didn't really have anybody to help them. They had a tax accountant, but they were largely driven for taxes. They weren't really driving the practical business model, like asking questions like, hey, do you realize you're no longer going to have independence? You're really going to be you know, speaking to a boss now. Is that okay with you? Or, hey, you know, you're going to have to drive your business and be able to provide information to a company so they can disclose your information financially. So nobody was having those information. So when I did my research... I realized there was nobody out there. And it was like one of those moments where I said, hey, is it not out there because it's not a good idea or that nobody thought of it? So after the IPO, I left there and I started accelerating CFO soon thereafter. Interesting, interesting, Brian. Yeah, it's funny how a lot of guests I find come onto the show and what motivated them or inspired them to start their own business or practice. Um, some came much like you like from say larger companies that like they sort of, they missed and then they got a taste of what it is like to work with a small company right on the ground and to kind of, you know, feel, as you mentioned, where the rubber meets the road, as you put it. Um, I think that's often a common path. I think others might find their path by just always going the small business route and then eventually forming their own business. But that's, that's really great. And I'm also glad that you were optimistic enough and confident enough to say, no, this is, yeah, this is a good idea. And it's just that somebody else has not thought of it yet. Um, so yeah, glad that you did that. Made that confident, confident, stupid, not really sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fine line, right, between that. When I started my law practice, um, just briefly, I'll keep the focus on you, of course, in the show, but it was uh, April 2001. So I was about, just turned 28 years old, thereabouts, like, and I didn't know I didn't know. So it was full confidence, but maybe not the background yet to have that confidence, a lot of trial by fire. But I applaud you, you know, for taking that, sounds like you took a well thought out route, and I'm glad that you're here today and um yeah definitely well, one, of the, one of the things that really helped me inspire what i'm doing is working with entrepreneurs i really love working with them and you know, each day is different and each yeah. you know in the you in the lives of the entrepreneur he or she will go through many things whether acquiring a business disposing of their business transferring on to their families uh significant changes whether it's a capacity issue and such but my experiences i've been blessed with having a lot of those experiences already so i know what to anticipate i know what to uh how to handle many things or to or how to deal with certain issues that come up so for me it's a really uh very welcoming to work with entrepreneurs i love the small medium business community i wish i had done it sooner but like everything in life i think i was able to take my experiences at the big companies at the public mm-hmm. companies and are able to bring it to a level of industry that normally doesn't see the kind of expertise and experiences that myself and the rest of the people at accelerating CFO bring. Yeah, no, it's great. You know, this, I mean, you know, the timing it's like, is, you know, whatever, it, what it is. And I think it's, I'm sure any experience you got leading up to that was only helpful and, you know, and you mentioned that just the fact that you're helping businesses, entrepreneurs with all the different issues they face, I know one such issue might be a good segue for our topic tonight is this issue now of inflation, right? Everywhere we go, we're hearing a lot about inflation. It's in the news, Uh, inflation, you know, just the prices, costs going up and such and interest rates. So I'm wondering if you could frame this for us in your expertise, like particularly, like what is the current state of inflation right now? And then what, in your opinion, Brian, are some of the causes of inflation? And then lastly, how do we how do inflation and interest rates adversely impact businesses and employers? Absolutely. Yeah, no, fair enough. So I think, you know, the last time I was here, we were about a year into COVID, right? And we were talking about all the money that was going in for the Paycheck Protection Program, the EIDL, mm-hmm. and the government was basically trying to keep businesses alive and not having the huge impact that many economists would have predicted would have happened had we not stepped in, had they not stepped in, excuse me. So, but with all that money, that goes into the economy, there's ramifications for that. 
right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, you know, you, uh, once you kick the tire, you kick the can a little bit down the, down the street, all of a yeah. sudden now you have to, you have to address the fact that there's a higher money supply because that the money supply is out there that, that leads on to inflation. And over the past, over the past six months, the, the, Inflation rate has tracked above eight and a half, eight, eight and a half percent. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, what, what I've been working with my clients on for several months now is we saw this coming mm-hmm. because uh, many of the economists were predicting this. Uh, there was a lots of indications to think that when you look at the macro level, everything mm-hmm. from supply chain to rising costs uh, along the way of bringing stuff in to salaries going up. So there was, there was enough... I guess, smoke to indicate that there was fire coming. And I think now over the past two months, uh, the Fed has come out and said both, you know, they're going to they're gonna try to combat inflation with higher interest rates, which has other costs, which we'll deal with in a second. Yeah. But during, you know, during the October, November timeframe, which uh, for my clients, we do what we, you know, the budget process where we say, mm-hmm. right, how is 2022 going to look? And one of the things that we do always do scenario planning when you plan for this. Yeah. One of the scenarios that I said was what happens if prices <clears throat> increase so much mm-hmm. that you can only, that you can only sell so many items. How are we going to handle that? Mm. And, and also when you do your pricing, let's, let's, let's budget price increases. Even if you mm-hmm. don't see that much increases yet, it's going to be, it's going to be coming. And I'd rather have get in front of it yeah. rather than play catch up. Mm. And, you know, mm. Fortunately for my clients, well, we were able to kind of assess two things. Number one, mm-hmm. do you really need to pass on this cost or should we absorb it? Right. And number two, if you can't absorb it, how much are you willing to pass on before you really have some significant impact on consumer demand? So we did all right. the scenario playing. So when, when things happened in 2022, and they did, there's no big shock for my clients. And you know, right. so we were able to say, okay, we, we, we anticipated this. And now we're going to deal with the inflation. So we're going to, we built in price increases on our side and we anticipated Mm -hmm. price increases on our supply side so that we can get stuff in, uh, Mm. in a a costly and effective manner. So we were able to maintain profit margins and continue along the way. Um, now Mm -hmm. it it remains to be seen what happens in the second half of the year, but we'll, you know, in terms of our inflation prices going so up that people are going to start saying, well, I don't have to get that extra cup of coffee. I don't have to buy that widget. That's right. going to be an issue that we're going to watch closely. And that's what I have my eyes on right now with my clients. So we're going to make sure that as things adjust, you know, as being entrepreneurs in the small, medium business, you have to be able to adjust and make sure that you adapt to the environment around you. Yes, very true. Yeah, you know, I heard you talk about forecasting and planning and seeing things coming. Um, I remember right, right when we had this last conversation, you're absolutely right, in March, uh, I, I remember this, I think, was somewhat alluded to, but back then it was a topic of, say, planning for emergencies and situations such as COVID, you know, the pandemic. Um, yeah. Here, I definitely hear that planning aspect again. Like you talked about, you know, to me, I get the picture of, like, say, if you know a tornado is coming, right, do you board everything up and do you go into the basement and prepare? Um, so it's interesting to hear that. And I, I like how, like you said, there are different approaches you can take. Like, for example, the questions. For a small business, can you? I think you said uh, pass on the cost, the increased cost to your consumers, your customers, and clients. And if you can, can you absorb it? I, I imagine is there might be even an option C of like passing some modest in, increase in cost onto those consumers, and then reducing one's expenses in, in ways, perhaps shaving if that's possible. Um, and I want to talk more about that. But before I get into, we get into that, I'd say that. We have to take our first commercial break. Time flies. We having fun and have interesting topics Absolutely. to discuss. So, uh, folks, you're listening to Employment Law today here on Talk Radio NYC. I'm your host, Eric Sauber. My guest tonight, Brian Califano. We'll come back. We'll talk more about inflation. We'll talk more about how businesses and employers can analyze situations and and strategize and protect themselves going forward. So, stick around. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Employment Law Today. I'm, I'm your host, Eric Sauber. I'm an Employment Law Business Law Attorney. My guest tonight uh, is Brian Califano. Brian's a CPA, MBA, and also a CFO, and uh, runs his fractional CFO company, Accelerating CFO, helping companies reach their potential faster, as I'm reading from his tagline there. So yeah, Brian, again, really great. To, and I like the CFO, the, you know, the, uh, the speed, uh, the um, odometer, the, you know, the Right there on the side. Spadama, yeah, thanks. That's that's an homage to one of our uh, oldest and, and favorite clients, uh, the mm-hmm. Classic Car Club. Um, oh, so thanks. when we first when we first started on, we thought it was a, we you know, we love cars and yeah, their environment. So we we could we have one of our symbols or our, our logos have that kind of homage to them. Nice, nice. Yeah, I always love cars too, but that's great to have that, that homage, you know, to your to your clients. We try. And- yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting because like, I think a lot of what you do has to do with planning and foreseeing and, and staving off potentially uh, negative consequences. I know I have a similar approach in my work with you know companies and uh, sort of foreseeing employment issues that might come up and helping them to plan accordingly. But I think one thing you talked about, maybe a, we could talk about or is like, what are some of the, um, um, the, the ways in which inflation, high interest rates might adversely impact employers and business owners I yeah so some issues like i'm sorry you mentioned some uh, in terms of the supply chain issue and stuff are there any other things we should be aware of or? yeah no, absolutely so i mean we talked about uh, inflation a lot so i'll put that to the side for a second but what happens is as i alluded to earlier when the the fed starts to combat inflation yeah. it starts to raise interest rates which is what they charge uh, banks to borrow money from them, and therefore the banks ch- pass that charge on to us. Mm. So, for many business managers and uh, owners, mm-hmm. for several years now, and when I say several, probably in the past 10, 15 years, it's been a very, mm. it's been an unusual time in economic history where you have mm. low inflation and low interest rates, which means prices are low, cost of borrowing is low. So, there's not a lot of costs. Historically, I mean, there's always costs, but relatively low costs comparing to the risk that's involved. So business owners have to adapt to that new environment. So, Mm. which means on the inflation side, we talked about pricing increases and looking at your supply side to make sure that supply chain, uh, they're able to both access product that you need to produce your widget, as Mm -hmm. well as making sure that you have access to that info, those prices, and it's not an exorbitant prices. Um, True. On the interest rate, what we're, what we're telling clients early on this year is if you were going to borrow money or if you were going mm-hmm. to refinance your loan, uh, do it now, you know, so because or do it recently because with interest rates rising, it's going to be more costly going forward. So if you are, if you have, if anybody who's listening has variable rate financing, yeah. whether through a line of credit or a HELOC or even your personal life, it's the same impact. 
Uh, you're caught. You're already starting to see some of those costs creep up because when you have a variable rate of interest, it it increases as the federal uh, reserve rate increases as well. So right. as the prime rate goes up, so will your so will the interest rate being charged. So you're already seeing that. For those who have fixed rate now mm-hmm. and you're not planning on changing, you know, there's the benefit of having the fixed rate because there's no change to it. True. If you're if you were on the sidelines and saying, well, I don't know if I want loans, or if you were getting some loans from the government, so you were trying to tap that out before you ended up going mm-hmm. for new loans. Mm-hmm. Well, now that 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 loan you could have gotten probably for three or three and a half percent a year ago is probably mm-hmm. closer to five five and a half percent now. So two nice. percent doesn't sound a lot, but it is when you when you compound it over time. So it does tend to put a strain on your cash flow, which puts a further strain on your ability to finance operations, et cetera. So mm-hmm. if you're one of those that is looking for loans or think you need the financing today, I would emphasize that you should do it sooner <laughs> rather than later because most experts agree that mm-hmm. um, at least for the foreseeable future, interest rates will continue to go up and not down. I mean, this is no, there's no firm crystal ball that we have, but leading sure. indicators are indicate that it's not going to be as low as it has been historically. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about taking a loan, you should do it now and try to figure out the best way to, to keep your uh, cash flow flowing without mm-hmm. having a serious impact on pricing as well as the interest expense you're going to incur. Thank you, Brian. That's great advice, I think, really for our audience tonight listening, people who have a concrete example, but here's something like concrete you can do, a step you can take, and here's what you should consider. Um, it's, it's sort of right in line with my, my next question, which I was, you, you were kind of in the middle of in terms of your answers about uh, just what are some issues that businesses and employers need to analyze um, in order to be successful during this high inflation, high interest period? Like you mentioned the loans, a good example. Are there, are there other like tips or actions that employers can, can take? Well, it's interesting. I mean, you're in employment law. So um, one of the things that, you know, that's been common throughout all of my clients and all of the people that we work with is, wow, employee costs are going higher. Wages are going higher. When is it going to end? Right. I don't, I don't have an answer, but what Mm -hmm. I've been telling companies is really something that is probably for all good companies. They've been doing this all along. If you have a really good employee, Quality doesn't cost, it saves. So I always tell people that if you have a strong person and they're motivated by money, make sure they're well compensated. Yes. Um, the converse of that is, you know, for people who have been in business for a long time and they've used new college graduates or people who are a little bit green behind the years or wet behind the years, excuse me, mm-hmm. and don't have as much experience. Yeah. The salaries that are, you know, and I'm we're speaking obviously in the New York centric area, but the sure. salaries that are being uh, market rate right now for for new people in the in the marketplace mm-hmm. is is significantly higher than they should be. I mean, for example, oh, yeah. for I'm, I think uh, for a basic starting <laughs> level entry person who's uh, call him or her a staff accountant or whatever, you're talking about fifty-five dollars to $60,000 at least a year for private mm-hmm. sites. When you talk about public accounting, it gets more significant, et cetera. But in the small, mm-hmm. medium-sized business community, salaries yeah. that were that have probably gone up, and this is, uh, again, this is Brian Califano's uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, so it's great <laughs> sure. as all. But roughly uh-huh. speaking, tra- costs have gone up roughly 10%, 10 to 15% on just turnover over the yeah. past year, which is much yeah. higher than the 3 4 5% that was being budgeted for and actually achieved. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, people are turning to me and say, hey, you know, do you have any, why are these people, new people so expensive? And it's just, a, it's a matter of the market rate. It's endemic of what is going on right now. I mean, there's also factors such as staying yeah. at home versus bringing them in. There's also that factor. Mm-hmm. But sure. uh, right now, I think employers, you know, higher labor costs or salaries overall Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, you know, some people are saying, well, it's going to go down eventually and then we'll be able to wrestle it back. And I, I, my, my advice to clients mm-hmm. is that I yeah. wouldn't budget for that. I wouldn't plan for that. If it happens, right. that's a kind of a nice monetary surprise. Right. But I think you need to adjust to the times and realize that salaries are where they are now are probably where they're going to be for a while. So lock in your good people. Right. Except mm-hmm. the fact that it's going to be probably higher than you want to pay. And then again, going back to pricing your product or your, yep. your service, factor that, in, factor that in when you uh, figure out how much you should pass on to your customer. Very true. You know, that, I love what you said about don't sort of count on the like, sort of theory that the, you know, the market trends might swing 
you know, the direction that people's salaries might go down. And in fact, as an employment lawyer, I think that's where our kind of overlap may be. <clears throat> you know, I, I counsel uh, from the perspective of what are the different minimums that the law requires, overtime pay or minimum wage yeah. or, or premium pay and such, and commissions and so, so forth. Um, and there are more and more laws like being passed that are favorable towards you know, employees you have New York's now um, requiring certain salary transparency and postings and such being that are argued in New York City uh, in the business community. And that just, I think, drives up like the competition and also, you know, if, if people have more options and they can see what's out there. And, and I think also you have this remote work and it, it kind of gets into more flexibility. People know that they can turn down a job and possibly work somewhere uh, in any of the state, it could be in the, you know Nebraska, it could be California, in a lot of positions, not all, but in a lot. So I think that like sort of also you know it changes the whole supply demand dynamic when it comes to positions. Um, but I like your perspective about knowing this and seeing it as a cost, but also budgeting accordingly. So if you've got to pay higher salaries, where do you again where do you cut some of your expenses or where do you build it into your pricing and fees? Um, so all I think great everything you're saying sort of lines up with this. this greater theme, Brian, I'm hearing about forecasting and planning and having a strategy in place. And that's a good example you gave, you know, some of the strategies you have right now. Yeah, thanks. I, I, I'm gonna, I want to say two things. Number one, I think um, by budgeting and forecasting, you end up becoming proactive mm-hmm. instead of reactive. Right. So like we said earlier, I mean, the, people have been saying for several months now that prices are eventually going to go up. So mm-hmm. I can't say that anybody's really surprised that shouldn't be too surprised at what occurred. Maybe the level it is or maybe, but uh, we knew, mm-hmm. I think people who study business and understand how finance works um, could mm-hmm. understand that what's going on. But the second yes. interesting thing that uh, I was telling somebody the other day, when we go back a little bit in history about when I started my company, one of yeah. my differentiators um, out there, I said was, you know, I always told my, my prospective employees, mm-hmm. you know, you can work from home. So mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about going to a client every day. You maybe have to go once a week or once every other week, but uh-huh. you can manage your schedule better. Um, right. And that was back in 2013, you know, wow. back in, you know, back in the stone age where dinosaurs yeah. were walking around and stuff. So Zoom was like what Zoom people didn't know and that everyone knew what Zoom was. And Zoom was a show. Was. Zoom was a show that I think I watched when I was a kid, you know. Yeah, um, great. <laughs> <laughs> but but what, what, what's become commonplace now is, you know, that 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 remote from uh, work remote uh, model now has become much more prevalent and actually expected almost in many cases. So, um, yeah. It's one of those things where, again, as a business owner in the small business in the small medium sized business community, you mm-hmm. have to you have to kind of react to the times and and, and understand what it is. Very true. Very. True. I think that and the whole thing about that you mentioned, Brian. I think a lot of our listeners tonight can identify with this. The idea of being proactive is always a better approach to reactive, whether it's in uh, employment law or in when you come to your CFO services and your your financial planning for your company, or even in the personal life, you know, I think people, you know, practically going to the dentist for cleaning for checkups uh, is often less painful and and, and uh, drawn out than, you know, not doing so and going when there's a, a toothache or a problem. So I think it's definitely interesting to, to note. And I think that um, we actually believe that on, on the next commercial break right now. So we're going to take that break. And when we come back, Brian and I will be discussing uh, some more of these issues around the, the whole inflation, high interest, and then we'll get into more about Brian and his company and how they differentiate themselves with their clients. So stay tuned to stick around and talk with NYC and Employment Law Today, and we will be right back. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Today, I'm your host, Eric Sauber. My guest tonight, Brian Califano, co-founder, managing partner of Accelerating CFO. Brian, as I mentioned, is um, very experienced, knowledgeable, clearly, um, CFO, CFO, excuse me, CPA, and MBA. And we're talking about this, this topic of combating inflation as a business or employer, and just understanding what inflation and interest rates are, the current state of them right now, understanding the causes, understanding how inflation and how interest rates impact your business. And then as Brian's talking about it, some strategies um, to going forward, such as looking at your pricing and looking at what you can absorb, um, looking at financial forecasting, looking at your labor. And so all, all really great stuff, Brian, that you're giving us tonight, really great analysis and, and great solutions. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, I think something that just kind of came to mind um, I know there's a, a sort of a, a gentle or delicate balancing act, perhaps, right, when it comes to, say, raising interest rates or CR, the government taking steps to, come, to combat inflation. Um, is there like a, a, a risk of a tipping point where the government's actions could trigger like a recession? Is that something that you were, and, then, and if so, that's something that you talk with your clients about? Well, we, we don't like to use the R word, right? So, because that's right. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah right. But all, all, all kidding aside, I mean, I think yeah. we always try to um, plan for scenarios. Like when we talk about being react, proactive instead of reactive, one of the things yeah. that we always discuss is what happens if you do contract or what happens if not so much a recession for the whole company, but what happens if your company, mm-hmm. your sales goes down 20%? What sure. happens if you lose your biggest customer? What happens if your biggest supplier goes under? So yeah. in the world of the, of the, of the entrepreneur and the, and the small business owner, that is, that is about as recessionary as you can get, right? So that, and that, that may be a symptom of a larger you know, macroeconomic indicator of what's going mm-hmm. on in the world. But I try to focus it on the world that we live in and try not to make things too, too global in the sense, you, know, you take global, you know, it's one of those think globally, act locally kind of, philosophies that we have when we do our budget forecasting you know sure. you see what's going on what are the tea leaves telling you up 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 on the macro level and then apply it down to your business and what happens if these things occur um, i think when we were talking back in march of last year mm-hmm. one of the things i said that was powerful about what we did in the in the in the, in the budget forecasting profit you know nobody ever said the word covid before it came right. around but we did we did we did talk about what happens if something catastrophic happens in your business. Nobody likes to really talk about it, but yeah. we always I always make it a point before we close the budget session mm-hmm. that we say what happens if things go really really bad. And, that, and right. look, when things go really really good, everybody's happy, right? Yeah. Everybody knows what to do. You take your money, you spend your money, you, you buy a new Porsche, etc. But yeah, what happens if you? Yeah, what happens if you don't have? all the funds that you need what happens if your cash flow slows down so much that you can't afford to you know purchase the materials that you need to manufacture the clothes that you're buying that you're, that yeah. you're doing so or what happens if interest rates go up so high that you can't sell the properties that you're trying to sell online uh, so these are things that we you know i talk about and again most business owners now i think i think probably the biggest difference than a couple of years ago when you go through this process is they say, all right, well, let's think about if what happened since the unthinkable happened, you know, in right. recent memory, let's, let's take it a little bit further. So. Those are great points there, Brian. And one thing I, I like what you said, I remember you said that I recall this uh, point coming up in March 
of 2021, which is, you know, say thinking globally, but you can have your own version of a pandemic or recession internally, even if the country's doing fine, if your company, you know, your sort of micro level world collapses, like let's say, you know, with clients that are, uh, lose, as you mentioned, example, losing a very big client or losing a couple of good clients like, or just not having the sales you once had. Um, those are all very important. I think too often entrepreneurs, uh, they have to keep a very optimistic outlook you know, to survive and to, to do what they do every day, right? They have to they keep it the mind that, you know, like we're gonna do great, this would be great, this would be wonderful. Much yeah. like I think, you know, I think in the world of musicians and entertainers who wanna be professionals, I think they have to think the mindset of, I'm going to succeed at this. But somewhere in there, there has to be the, the factoring of what if you don't, or what if things hit a, a speed bump, right? Do you have the funds yeah. you know, in play? So I think it's a great point. And I think the COVID uh, connection that one thing you pointed out, now people are more willing to look at those hard questions because a few years ago, they thought, oh, it's just doomsday thinking, Brian, you know, just being a negative net, you know, but now it's like, okay, we see what could happen on the turn, you know, turn of a dime, so to speak. So I'm glad you're bringing that up, the idea. Yeah. In the role of the fractional CFO, if you're a CFO in a major corporation listening to this, you know that you're the, you, you tend to be the person that tends to be the wet blanket, right? You're the person that says, wait a minute, is this, how much are we spending on this marketing campaign? Are you sure we need this ERP system? What are you talking about that you want to go overseas? You know, these are the things, we're the, we're the ones that have to kind of bring the dreamers you know, a little bit down to reality. I mean, we don't, yeah. and that's, and that's, again, you know, when you work with entrepreneurs, everything is, is, is seeing the, the vision of what you want to create. You don't see the pitfalls and the obstacles, because if you spend too much time on that, you'll never get anything done. And that's just right. not what successful people do. And, right. you know, there are, you know, there are behind every success is also many failures, but my job is to either to prevent those failures or to mitigate the, the impact of those failures in, in, in my role as the CFO for, these small medium-sized businesses. So um, yeah. it is a fine line, but again, sometimes I'm the person who goes, oh, here he goes again. You know? Right, right. But we know, but I, I think our clients need that, you know, right? They need that sort of, you can say it's responsible, but, you know, disciplined parent figure, or maybe yeah. they're responsible. I like the idea of sort of bringing the dreamers a little bit down to earth with some, you know, a little bit of an anchor, but not so much that they're not, you know, soaring and flying and such, if you're using that metaphor. But uh, no, I think it's true. I think, and I, I see it with my clients as well, you know, that like, like some don't want to think about, say, worst case scenarios with disgruntled employees, what they might do. Oh, no, that would never happen. Yeah. You know, we're like, we're like a family here. Anyone gets along like so well. Um, and they do until they don't. So, but you don't want to be too much running on fear of worst case scenarios, but you want to be prepared for them. And yeah. that's what I think I hear you saying, like helping them to succeed by, looking at like the, the what ifs of negative, you know, uh, events. So yeah. good to have that. I mean, a perfect example, and, and this is, uh-huh. again, bring it back to employment is when you start a company, yeah. if you're starting with, uh, with more than one person, yeah, you have to lay out, like when you do this, you have to basically say, okay, how do we divvy, like, how do we divide up the assets mm-hmm. when we, we ultimately break apart? Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, we haven't even started yet. And you're already talking about breaking apart. Right. But the reality is, is yeah, it's almost like a pre prenup uh, prenup agreement when you get married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talk about we talk about the divorce when we get married. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not advocating prenuptials in a marriage situation, but I think sure. when you do business, um, you have mm-hmm. to kind of plan for all scenarios. When things are yeah. going great, it's like you said earlier with the, with mm-hmm. the, well, that that employee would never do that to me. Or, that person would never steal those clients from me if they if they were here. It just wouldn't right, happen. Right. I trust him or her so much. Right. But right. what happens right. if there's a if there's something that's a, a fine line? Well, maybe it's maybe the other person doesn't think it's immoral. Maybe the other person mm. feels they got it on their free time or outside of company time. You know, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Of, there's lots of things, and that's where people should hire you to talk about those situations. But yes. for me, how it impacts the finance role, yeah, the finance you, desk huh? is. You have to you have to account for it, and you have to protect your financial assets of your small, medium sized business person. So if right. you can't do that, then you're not doing your job. And if you just want to say, "Yeah, you're right, no problem," you want to be a yes person, you know, right. go knock yourself out. But you have yeah. to be a contrarian sometimes, and for no other reason than just to show another point of view, which thankfully, you know, hopefully won't happen. But mm-hmm. if it does, yeah, there's a plan in place. That's right. You know, it's, I think, all good points, Brian. I share your philosophy very, very much so. And I have some clients like who I see, you know, when they uh, talk to, you know, if they have a CFO in their company, 
uh, someone that already has your role, for example, if they don't, I'm going to send them, send them to you, of course, but if they, let's say, have someone, um, they, I can see that sort of disappointment when they hear that they have to sort of have their wings clipped a little bit. But again, it's for the, the long haul, you know, you're in it for the long run, you have to make certain, I think, uh, wise sacrifices and also just have the contingency plan set up, which kind of brings me to talking about plans. I think my, my uh, another question I have for you is about, you know, talking about your company, Accelerating CFO, how do you differ um, in like your approach to fractional CFO services? Like, and how might you help your clients? Well, you've actually talked about this bit, counting inflation, but how do you differ? What's your unique approach? Yeah, so we have like a, a, you know, so our philosophy, the way we run our company in the fractional CFO industry is, you know, we have a, a relatively, we consider ourselves a, a small boutique consulting firm in okay. the sense that, you know, we don't have, we're not very large, we're about 10, you know, 10 people, employees and consultants, but mm-hmm. we have a playbook that we adhere to. And it's the accelerating CFO way. So we talk about the philosophy, a little bit about the philosophy of budgeting and forecasting, mm-hmm. um, you know, how you raise finance, you know, we haven't even touched about, you know, how you raise financing, mm-hmm. how you present ourselves to potential investors when you yes. sell a company and, and, and how you manage your company using KPIs. You know, these are just a little bit of tidbits that I'm throwing out there that talk about what, how does AC, how does accelerating CFO differ from everybody else? Mm-hmm. Who, do, who do similar services and products. They're all good right. in their own way. Sure. But what, what we have learned over the years, both working for big companies and for the uh, entrepreneurial community, mm-hmm. is that everything, you know, there's a playbook in place where you can study finance and maybe not, you know, you don't use every tool in the toolbox, but every toolbox is there for you to use. So whether you need right. some kind of analysis on or income statement or balance sheet, we can do that. If you want to mm-hmm. analyze things a little bit differently and maybe go with different directions geographically or product line, we can do that. Mm-hmm. So we, we are able to kind of turn the Rubik's Cube a little bit and mm-hmm. help companies look at things a little bit differently <clears> and, and, and deploy all of our experiences so that they can make the most informed decision that they can mm-hmm. make. Mm-hmm. And by having it as a slow, as a small enclosed playbook, we can control quality that goes out to our clients. So mm-hmm. whereas other, other providers may uh, pull in different people from different industries as they need him or her and mm-hmm. have him or her decide how they're going to deploy their, their philosophies, we have mm-hmm. a central philosophy that everybody understands and adheres to mm-hmm. and that we make sure you know, at our level, at the partner level, that the quality of the work is being done correctly and it's consistent throughout all our clients. And it doesn't make a difference if you're a a manufacturer, if you work in entertainment, right, or if you're doing or if you're in a technology space. Any mm-hmm. any everything is relatively the same. Everybody's got key performance indicators they have to track to. Everybody mm-hmm. adheres to the same accounting philosophies that we do. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets the same rigor and review along the way. So you have a consistent application of finance and accounting at the highest degree. Excellent. I appreciate that, Brian. Really good that you can share that with our audience tonight. So um, for our audience, um, we're going to take our our last commercial break. We'll come back. We'll um, talk to Brian a little bit more, and then we'll find out more about how you can contact Brian. Um, For now, I'll just say that you're tuned in to Employment Law Today with your host, Eric Sauber. And my guest tonight, Brian Califano, right here on Talk Radio NYC. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.NYC, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on TalkRadio.NYC. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! 
On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. CFO Brian Califano of Accelerating CFO. And Brian, really great stuff to talk about tonight, this topic of uh, inflation, high interest rates, and how companies and business owners and employers alike can combat inflation. I think it's really important that people hear this. So I'm glad you're here tonight joining us. No, it's, listen, it's great. I love this audience. I love the way you deliver the podcast. I listen to it when I'm not on it myself. So you deliver a lot of great quality. So on behalf of all of us, thank you. Thank you, then, Brian. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I get to you'll be back again. No, no thank you. It's really nice to say. Um, I try to keep like, the the topics fresh and you know and whatever is timely and interesting and pre resignation and and um, and COVID nineteen and all all kinds of stuff. I think I think small businesses and medium sized businesses really need resources in their corner. So I'm glad that you're here. You know, with us tonight. We have a little time still. We we still have about eleven minutes, and I think the last three of which I usually reserve for you to wrap up and for me to uh, wrap up the show as well. Um, but we can certainly talk about like this whole idea of, you know, inflation. I'm wondering like when a, when a company, let's say, is starting out um, and they're starting out in the time like now with high inflation, high interest rates, yeah. is there any different advice you have, like say a new business starting out today versus if they were starting out in a different time with lower inflation? Yeah, my, you know, anybody, no, I, I would say initially no. And I think so, in some ways okay. it's okay to start now because you have no mm-hmm. preconceived uh, ways of doing things that you may feel differently. So if you're starting your business now, yeah. you, you, you'll be like, okay, well, this is the inflation area now. This is, this is the borrowing rate. And this is how we, this is how I got to deal with it. I don't have to worry about what it was because it doesn't apply because I didn't have a business then. I got to do right. what it is now. So that's good. But I always have this piece of advice for all businesses, no matter what what's going on in the economy or what have you, yes. I tell him or her, if you're serious about leaving a, a, a W-2 job and going to start your own business, make sure that you have all your fin- your personal finances in order before you start your business. Yeah. One of the things, you know, I was mentioning earlier where I was working at, at some of the very well-known brands, like, like I said, Viacom and National Hockey League, et cetera. Mm-hmm. When you go to the bank and you say you want money or you want you, you want financing or you want credit cards, mm-hmm. they're, they're lined up at the door, right? So sure. you know they're like, "Oh, you're you're making X amount of dollars a year. We'll do that, no problem. You have mm-hmm. it." And yeah. you know, like, okay, no problem. You know, every day, you know, you throw those out for this and that. And sure. then when you leave that W two job and mm-hmm. then you end up becoming a ten ninety nine employee, if you will, mm-hmm. or you're, yeah. you work on your own, mm-hmm. all of a sudden. You know, you go to that same bank and they say, oh, so where's your W-2? I'm like, all right, well, here's my W-2, but I don't work there anymore because I started my own business. I say, okay, great. Um, we'll lend you money in two years. Right. What? Right. That's well, so true. Yeah, because now all of a sudden, you know, when you were when you had steady income and steady, it was reliable income, they, they'll, they'll back you up and do well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the minute you saw, even though you're the same person you were 24 hours earlier, right. they say, well, sorry, talk to us in two years. And yeah. that was that was something that I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. anticipate when I first started. I thought they would mm-hmm. say, "Hey, Brian Califano's a great guy. Let's just give yeah. him money." That's not how Good. it is. So, for those that are thinking about doing that, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, if you have money set, you know, set aside for money for a rainy day, make sure mm-hmm. the rainy day funds are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have money secured away, make sure you have all your key significant expenses accounted for for at least three to six months because there is a storable mm-hmm. time for doing that. And if, you want to refinance, and if you want to refinance your loans on your house or whatever other assets you own, mm-hmm. do it again before you start your new business because... Right. Yeah. 
you're not going to have that same access to it won't have that ready access of capital funds until your business becomes on its feet and establishes a regular um, cash flow in there. Yes, you know, it's so true. I think um, it's one of those things that, you know, people don't think about when they go off on their own um, that, you know, that whole, as you mentioned, the credit line and the loan that they would have happily given you when you had a comfortable, you know, salary and W2 and, and they know that they can rely on you to pay it back. And they know that, you know, you'll be there to pay it. And if you miss a payment or if there's interest, you can cover it. But now you're, you are the person with more of a risk if, because they're starting so they could fail or they could get into a jam or they could not make the money they thought they'd make. So I think it's definitely a, a, an interesting point that um, I've seen a lot of small business owners fall yeah. into that situation where they say, but I have a great credit rating and I have great you know, history and I, I borrowed before and even from you with this bank and they, they still get that kind of response of come back in two years. So um, definitely, I think it's all part of that, right? Sort of the greater theme we're talking about today of being proactive and lining up yep. your ducks in a row and then before you take an action, which I know is a big part of what you do, right? It's sort of, it's like, let's look at the, you know, what we have to do to plan to, to make things happen. So I, it's as much for the business owner to look at their own private funds as their companies. Yeah, no, I, I again, you know, it's all, it's, you know, though you, if you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? Yes. That's, uh, and again, that's, you know, planning doesn't solve all the issues, but it also gives you a good psychological way of approaching business in the sense of, hey, I'll be able to handle anything that comes its way. It may not be ideal, but at least we have a game plan in place. Like when, when things happen, unfortunately, again, going back to, um, you know, March 2020, yes, a lot of people had to lay people off or at least temporarily put them on furlough. Right. But, you know, for, the, for my clients, while it was not an easy decision to make emotionally, from a practical financial standpoint, it was easy because we said, look, if you lost 20% of your business, you would have to access this department or you ha- you don't need, you know, manufacturing so much because you're going to go with whatever you have in, in stock before you revamp it. Right. So people knew what to do. So you automatically switch gears to like, oh, wait a minute, we talked about this. All right. So now it's just a matter of, do you really want to do it? So um, right. I think, again, from a psychological standpoint, it's really, really important to keep things as close as you can to where you want to be. And then when you, when you're heading due North, yeah, you know, when you, when you, you know, we talk about key performance indicators and if your gross yes. margins are going well and cash flow is good, <clears throat> maybe mm-hmm. you have too much debt, but your interest rate coverage and all these fancy financial terms at the end of the day, if you're heading, if you're, if you're going where you plan to be, then yeah. you'll achieve your goals mm-hmm. and objectives that you want to achieve. And if you do start right. to steer away, the question becomes, do I, do I make corrective actions in my operations to head mm-hmm. due north or do yeah. I change due north? Maybe, mm. maybe, I, you know, I have to get rid of a particular product line. Maybe I have to, mm-hmm. you know, not, not plan on purchasing as much as I planned on purchasing because my yeah. margins on certain products aren't as good as others. So maybe we have to change that up. So maybe my top line is not going to be my, or my revenue line is not going to be what I'm going to focus on anymore. It's going to be, mm-hmm. hey, what's my what's my net income going to be? What's my ultimate mm-hmm. savings that I'm going to have at the end of the year? So, again, by by measuring and planning, you're yeah. able to adjust and be able to look at things objectively. I, look, we're all emotional people, and I think we run yeah. our business as anything else. So we mm-hmm. want to make sure that there are times that you think see things are rose colored glasses, but sometimes you just have to take it and put on a different set. So maybe it's not rose colored. Maybe it's a little bit hue. The, the hue's yeah. a little bit changed. So. Absolutely. No, I think that psychological component is so important. And I think just everything you're saying there is really, you know, spot on. Um, yeah, I think thanks. it's like, I think, yeah, sure. We have an obligation to keep the psychological, the emotional component in mind as well. And, you know, it's great, Brian, we have about two and a half minutes left. I want to give you a little time to, to our, our audience how they can contact you, you know, your website, email, and uh, anything else, the floor is yours for a bit. At, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So for people who want to hear about more about topics like inflation and, and interest rates and how to raise money for the first time, we have a, a blog that we send out and we also post on LinkedIn. Uh, you can look me up, Brian Califano, C-A-L-I-F mm-hmm. as in Frank, A-N-O. Mm-hmm. You can look me up and um, feel free to follow me there. 
we also have a mailing list, so you can do that. Uh, you mm-hmm. can ask to describe on that. And we also have uh, on our website, acceleratingcfo.com. That's accelerating, mm-hmm. A-C-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-I-N-G-C-F-O.com. And if you go there, you'll see all the blog posts that you see on the LinkedIn. You'll also learn a little bit more about myself and and Scott Margolin, my uh, co-founder of the firm, as well as uh, different e- examples of how we help companies become more profitable or reach their goals uh, quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also, you can also find on there how you can get a, a free diagnostic on your business to determine, you know, where you are, where we see areas of improvement, and how we can potentially help you achieve your goals and objectives. So uh, go to, go to the website, acceleratingcfo.com to learn more about how we can help you in your business. If you want to email me, you can email me at Brian, my first name at acceleratingcfo.com as well. Brian, that was an excellent wrap up. I've been doing this for a long time now. You got all the major points there, the email, the website, the, the, the tools you have on your website, LinkedIn. Um, also appreciate how you spelled it out too, because people aren't always watching, often people are listening. So that's really great, you know, that you did that. And, um, you know, I'll just say, um, again, Brian, it was a pleasure having you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and your insights with our guests. I really want to thank you once again for being here. And I'll just say that, you know, if people like what you hear, tell your colleagues, tell your clients, tell your friends, tell your family to tune in Tuesday nights from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. right here on Talk Radio NYC. Uh, You can find us on Facebook Live. You also find us on uh, Spotify, I'll take a page from Brian here, eventually Spotify, uh, Stitcher, um, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Public Radio. So once again, I'm your host, Eric Sauber. Uh, it's truly a pleasure having you back on the show, Brian Califano of Accelerating CFO. I want to thank you very much, and I want to wish everyone out there listening a really good night and a good week. We'll be back next week with exciting topics, so stick around for other great programming. Have a great night. Thank you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. 
This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 